Welcome to Conversations with Mayi Lenz. That's me. I'm your host, a photographer obsessed with helping women lead unapologetically. On this show, you will hear not only from me, but from other amazing women who inspire me and are making a difference in the community. What does that mean, leading unapologetically? To me, it's leading from a place of authenticity without apologies. In other words, not seeking approval for being yourself, what you care for, and value. My goal with this podcast is to inspire and help women develop powerful confidence in themselves and recognize the value we bring to the community and the world as a whole. Whether you are a stay-at-home mom, entrepreneur, pursuing a career, or growing your business, we are here to build each other up. We are bilingual speakers and want to bring value to both the English and Spanish-speaking communities. Some shows will have a Spanish label when we have a Spanish-only speaking guest. Let's learn and grow together. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. My guest today is Tara Wyatt Treslove. She's a body freedom coach and personal trainer. She coaches women with body image issues to discover that the magic they are looking for in this world actually lies within. Tara uses movement and mindset to help unlock the inner strength and power of her clients. Hi, Tara. Welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here with us. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and have this conversation. I love talking about this stuff, so I can't wait to really dive in with you. Awesome. This is a topic that I really, really love talking about. Um, before hitting record, we were talking about this hell belief that one day we just arrived at a day of body positivity and having a positive outlook can be extremely difficult if you have negative feelings about your body image. Body positivity requires a lot of work and I don't think we ever arrive, but we're here to talk about that. I love how you said that every day is an adventure to body freedom. What do you mean by body freedom? Yeah, so I shy away a little bit from the word body positivity. Um, simply because it feels like it's this state of arrival. Like once you get there, everything will be okay. You'll feel better. Um, your life will fall into place. And I just am not really convinced that that's the reality. For me, the reality is that every day I wake up in this body and every day I feel a little bit differently about it. And my journey is to just be free of any kind of attachment to my body. And that's where the term body freedom comes in is that, you know, all the time and all the money and all the energy that we spend trying to change this container that we've been gifted could be spent on so many other things right. that could have value, could have impact in the world. So I just want that sense of freedom from that time, money, and energy. I just want to, you know, wake up, put clothes on, and I want people to understand that my body's actually the least interesting thing about me and to just live that, that free sense of freedom. Yes. I love how you said that you just want to wake up, put clothes on, and pretty much not worry about what people think about your body 
because that's the least thing interesting about you. Yes. What was your journey like to body freedom? My journey to body freedom started uh, at a very, very young age, um, around eight or nine years old. Mm. And, you know, I guess before that, I really did have body freedom. <laughs> and, and that's the joy of childhood. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was, eight, I was eight or nine years old and I was um, swimming with my friends. That's what we did in our little small town. We got to go without the adults and the only supervisors were the teenage lifeguards. So it was this um, sense of freedom there as well. And we just got to play and be silly and have all the fun at the swimming pool. So we were in the shower after swimming and we were playing in the shower and giggling and giggling and giggling. We had um, bubble hats and bubble beards and <laughs> bubble bellies and we had bubbles everywhere, way too much. And the lifeguards were yelling at us to hurry up. And But you, you, they were drowned out by all the giggles. And, you know, I was right into it, rubbing bubbles on my belly, feeling the bubbles. My eyes were closed uh, and I could kind of feel this sense of calm come over the room and the, the giggles sort of subsided and, and everyone got really quiet. And I kind of opened my eyes to the quiet and realized that all of my friends were watching me rub bubbles on my belly. And I kind of paused in that moment and I, I looked around and I looked at their bellies and then I looked at my belly with the bubbles and that was the first time for me that I, I realized that my body was different than theirs. My body didn't look like theirs. And when you're eight or nine years old, different means bad. And so I automatically went to the place of this body must be bad because it's different. And I kind of remember turning around in the shower. My cheeks were flushed. I was trying to hold back the tears and as I turned, they resumed the giggles and the laughter and they went on and had the best time ever. I quickly rinsed, went into the change room and feel like I just was never the same. Mm. This is the realization that my body doesn't look like everyone else's. My body's bigger, my body's fluffier and my body's different. And that means it's bad. Wow. And, you know, that was really the beginning of the unhappiness of the working so hard to shrink my body, working so hard to hide behind clothing. Um, I, I became quiet. I became reserved. Um, I just didn't want to stand out because I didn't want anyone to see that this body was so different and so bad and I couldn't do anything about it at the time. Wow. So that's when this sort of negative part of the journey began and I once you believe in something you find proof for that something in the world and so I spent the next however many years I don't <laughs> want to count uh in in just an unhappy place with my body and I had so much to say and so much to share with the world and I just kept it all inside because I I assumed that people would see this body and discount anything I had to say. I, I traveled that path for a long time. It impacted relationships. It impacted my goals and dreams and what I wanted to do with my life. It impacted every area of my life. Um, and then 
when I was pregnant with my second baby, um, I had already had a boy and we went to the ultrasound where you can learn the gender of your baby or the sex of your baby. And um, I told my husband on the way in, I said, if, if this is another boy, I am going to lose it. I'm going to ugly cry in the ultrasound room. And he was like, what? Why? <laughs> what? And I couldn't explain it in the moment. And I, I don't know if I really understood the why, but I knew that having two boys was going to be big. It was going to be a lot. It was going to be busy. It was going to be active. I was fairly athletic. My husband is athletic. So it was pretty likely that the boys would be athletic. Um, and I just was terrified to have two boys because I was living in this body that I didn't think could keep up. I didn't think I had it in me to be the mom that I wanted to be for boys. Um, obviously girls can do all the things boys can do. I don't know where the irrational thoughts came from, but they did. Anyways, the, the ultrasound tech uh, did her job and revealed to us that we were having another healthy baby boy. I did ugly cry in the ultrasound room. The poor girl was like, you heard me say healthy, right? And I was like, I know I'm supposed to be grateful. I'm not taking this for granted. I you just can't explain it all. Um, yeah, so fast forward about three or four months after my baby was born, healthy and happy. Um, and I decided I needed to change. I needed to change something in order to be the mama that I had always wanted to be. So I, I hired a personal trainer who came into my home. She was amazing. She was a real person. Um, she looked like me. She had kids like me. She, you know, understood that I would rather go get uh, McFlurry than do sit-ups today, <laughs> but <laughs> that we were going to do this anyways. And she, she just really supported me on this journey. And um, I did lose a significant amount of weight uh, under her guidance. I lost um, about 60 pounds. Wow. And I finally reached the number on the scale that I thought, as soon as I get there, it'll be good. I'll be the mom. I'll be the wife. I'll be the beautiful girl on the street. I'll, I'll, I'll do get to do all the things I've always dreamed of. And I stepped on the scale and I saw that number and absolutely nothing happened. No skies opened up. No angels sang nothing happened. I got off the scale, looked in the mirror and still thought, ugh. <laughs> and that's when I knew my, my body was not the problem. It had never been the problem. Mm. I needed some work on my mind and my heart. And that's where the real work began. And that's where I came to understand the words body freedom and detaching my value from my size, detaching my value from my body. And that's where the journey started. Yes, detachment. So often we attach so much value on the wrong things. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how a shift in our mindset allows you to make real changes in our life. Yes. Right? In your coaching um, practice, you teach movement and mindset. Yeah. What is the role that this two play with body freedom? I really believe that movement is, is an avenue 
to body freedom. And it's like, I kind of think of it as like a path you're on this path and you're moving your body in new and fun ways. And along the way, you pick up these little life lessons about goal setting and keeping your word to yourself and time management and boundaries. And as you're on this path, you start to do these things that you didn't even realize you needed support in and needed to change a little bit in your life. And then, you know, together they help to create this sense of body freedom in your day. And no matter what your size, you're going to wake up some days and feel not great in your skin, but because you've traveled this path, you're moving your body regularly. You're treating it with love and compassion and you've learned all these tools. You now have the tools to work through that moment of, of disgust or dislike into a space of freedom. So I don't think they can exist alone. I think they need to be together. They need to be married in order to get to that space. Mm. And it's true what you said. Um, it doesn't matter what your size is. You don't always wake up feeling great, <laughs> but having the right tools, it's, it will definitely help. That's so beautiful. And talking about beauty, what is your perception of beauty? Beauty to me is strength. And I can see beauty in you. I can see beauty in people walking down the street. I can, I can see that beauty and that becomes beautiful to me. But I believe in order to feel beautiful, we have to be strong enough to see the beauty in ourselves. Yes. People can tell you over and over again, oh, you're being silly about your nose. Your nose is perfect. Or, oh, you don't, your butt looks great in those jeans. And, and that is nice to hear. I'm not saying that's not nice. It's very nice to hear. <laughs> but that is not where I attach the beauty. I, the beauty, if I feel beautiful, I am beautiful. And I don't need anyone to tell me that, although it does feel nice. I don't need it. And that way, if someone makes a negative comment, I'm also not attached to it. Mm. So for me, beauty is, is the strength within and, and beauty's in there. It's inside all of us. And um, it's frustrating because obviously societal beauty standards exist. They are embedded in our culture. They are embedded in everything we see and do. And I just don't understand them. I don't know where they came from. I don't know why, but I just think we get to decide and we need to take that power back. We need to, we need to be in charge of what's beautiful. And, and so much is beautiful. That's discounted by society is not beautiful. I'm, I'm loving the word detachment. <laughs> so how do you help women overcome societal standards of beauty? Because it's just impossible. If you're too thin, you don't have that round behind, like you were saying, your butt looks great in those jeans. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you have the right weight, your stomach is not flat or not flat enough. <laughs> right. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll never get there. Like, we'll, yes. we just won't. It's this unachievable standard that doesn't make sense for a real human. Um, but I, I work with women um, first, something I find really useful is community. Mm. Um, and it it's always fun for me to work with women and put them into a room together and 
ask them questions like, you know, what, what's the worst thing you've ever said to yourself? And they share and they hear each other sharing and they're like, wait a second, like you are stunning. You are beautiful. You are fit. And you think that about yourself. And they're like, well, maybe I shouldn't think that either. Like if you're beautiful, you should not think that. And it, maybe I am too. And they had this light bulb kind of comes on, like when they're in community and they have something in common, they, they really see that in each other, which is, is really amazing to watch. Um, the other thing is the language that piece that we use around ourselves and our bodies and our appearance and our, our own beauty. Um, one of the exercises that I love to do in my body freedom workshop is to have everyone write a list of all the things that they've ever said to themselves negatively. Um, and it's a hard exercise. It's hard for people to write it down on paper. Uh, but then I go even farther and I <laughs> make them sit across from another person and say those things out loud to the other person. And it's devastating for people, not the people that are hearing it because they know what it's about, but the people that are saying it out loud to another human have so much trouble actually getting the words out. And again, it's that sense of like, you will say this to yourself over and over and over again, but you would never use those words towards another human. So why do you deserve to hear those words all day, every day, right? And, and learning and becoming aware and then slowly starting to change the language we use. Yeah, it's becoming your best friend. Yeah. <laughs> Having a healthy body image is such an essential part for anyone's self-esteem and self-worth, mm -hmm. especially for young people nowadays. At the beginning, you talked about how you became self-aware of your body at only nine years of age. Wow. I was reading the statistics on children and young adults eating disorder reported by the National Association of Anorexia and Associated Disorders, and it is heartbreaking. I'm going to read some of the statistics for you. 42% okay. of first and third graders want to be thinner. 81% of 10 years old children are afraid of being fat. 46% of 9 and 11 year olds are very often on diets. Mm. 35 to 57% of adolescent girls engage in crash dieting, fasting, self-induced vomiting, diet pills, or laxatives. This is just crazy. Yeah. How do you talk to children and teens about body freedom? The, the statistics are staggering. And yes. honestly, like that just makes me sick to my stomach. It is, it is such a hard world that they are growing up in. And I was, I was an educator for 20 years. I taught middle school. So I taught that age of, of, of kids and, you know, kids are, can be really, really mean kids can be just, and for no reason, absolutely. They're not mean people. They don't mean to hurt. They don't understand how powerful their language is toward each other. Uh, but, but they are, they're, they're hurtful. And this beauty standard is, is so deeply embedded in our culture and kids are being raised in the world of social media um, where it's even 
more prevalent to have this message shoved in your face that you are not enough. You will never be enough. You can buy all my products and that'll get you closer, but it won't get you there because you'll never get there and you'll never be enough. And they're told this over and over and over again. And, you know, we have social media as well, but we are not teenagers anymore. So they don't really have anyone to guide them in this use of social media, in this use of technology and how accessible everything is for them. We can do the best we can, but we, we don't know what it's like to live with the, to be a teenager in the world of Instagram and Snapchat. We don't know what that looks like. So it's, it's so important. We didn't have that problem. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, I mean, it was hard enough to be a teenager without all that crap. Like now I just, I don't even know how they do it every day. Um, But again, it, it comes back to that definition of beauty as strength from within. And, and that is the best tool that we can teach our kids is that their power lives in them. Their beauty lives in them. And what other people think, see, feel is completely irrelevant. And, and we need to help them to, create those boundaries around other people's opinions and other people's words. And it's, it's not even just with beauty. It's, it's with abilities and intelligence and beauty. It's with all of that. Um, And just being able to detach what they say and what they think from what we know to be true and what we feel to be true in our hearts. And, And it's not easy. It's, I, maybe making it sound easy, but it's not easy. Um, But it's through things like teaching them goal setting, teaching them about boundaries and using the actual language and using the words to help them get the tools that they need to, to be able to block that out, to be able to go on social media and think, gosh, that girl's beautiful. The end, not gosh, that girl's beautiful. I wish I was, or I wish I didn't, or she's better than me. Nope. That girl is beautiful, period. So that it's detached from their own worth. Their worth comes from within. So again, maybe making it sound easy. It's it's not. It's a day-to-day conversation. They need to hear it from parents. They need to hear it from teachers. They need to hear it from anyone in authority that their worth is in them. Oh my goodness, yes. I love how you consistently add the word detach in your message. Detach what they say with what we know to be true. Mm -hmm. Be true to yourself, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what I often tell people, being unapologetically you, which to me means exactly that, being true to who you are and what you believe in, and not seeking approval to show up authentically in order to blend in. Tara, Is there anything you need to stop apologizing for or something that you stopped apologizing for that helped you level up in your business? I think that the biggest thing that I stopped apologizing for and continue to work towards stopping apologizing for is is having a voice. Mm. And that did come from a space of body freedom, I I couldn't have gotten there without those tools and without that journey. But I really just felt my whole life that 
whatever I had to say wasn't that important because of the body that I lived in. And saying those words out loud, I realized it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't make sense. But that is that is the belief I held to be true. And I, I no longer apologize for the words that I say and that I speak. And I am putting my story out in the world. I am coaching women. I am standing on stages, shouting from the rooftops, and I will no longer apologize for the voice. And when I'm with my friends and I speak up about something that's uncomfortable, I'm not apologizing for that anymore. That is who I am. And these words have value. I have value. And I'm not going to apologize for that anymore. Oh, my goodness. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Having a voice. Yes. And um, I love how you marry that movement and mindset, because mm -hmm. this is where we live 24-7 in our heads. Yep. And, and a lot of the time, we just slow down our progress. It's us. We are slowing mm -hmm. down our progress. Tara, thank you. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Links to where people can find you will be provided on the show notes of this episode. But where are you more active? I spend a good portion of my time over on Instagram. That is where I am the most active and have the most fun interacting with people. <laughs> so Yeah, please find me there. Say hello. Introduce yourself. I, I would love to see you and meet you and figure out where we're all at on this crazy journey. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I, I love these conversations. I think the world needs them more now than ever. Yes. And I'm just so grateful for people like you who are bringing these conversations out to your audience and out to the world. So thank you so much for having me today. Thank you so much for listening today. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends and family and consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts or tell us what you think on social media, on Instagram and Twitter at Mayi Lens and on Facebook page Conversations with Mayi Lens. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. Until next time, talk to you soon.